Everybody, welcome to episode 44 of the Judiciary Dummies podcast. Can you believe it, Bo? 40 44. Quattro, Getting near 50. 44. Love it. Wow. We are sponsored by Fightback CBD. Uh, Fightback CBD. Get 20% off your CBD order at fightbackcbd.com with code JJD. My name is Milton Campus. I'm a purple belt at a Fight Sports Coral Springs. You can check me out on Instagram at Uncle Milty BJJ. Me and Bo with you here today. Say hello, What's Bo. up, everybody? Joining us <laughs> uh, in a few minutes is uh, welterweight champion, fight to win welterweight champion, Elizabeth Clay. So stick around, everybody. Okay. Huge shout out to Flow and Roll at Flow underscore N underscore Roll on Instagram. Get 20% off your online t shirt, rash guard, or gi order with code JJD at flowandroll.com. Uh, got something for you, Bo. Oh, t-shirts! Cool. Loves t-shirts. Cool. Right. You know, DD people. So, so you know, a couple of people commented on my on my DD two fourteen shirt. The other one. Yeah. Uh, it's a nice shirt, but they commented like, "What's that? What does that mean?" So yeah. it's. I know, had a good uh, exploit. Generates good, attention. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not going to butcher it again like I did last episode. But somebody actually on episode our last episode with Eli, Eli Knight. Mm-hmm. Somebody commented, because we talked a little bit about it, somebody commented with a good description of what the DD-214 is. Um, so uh, I'll check it out. You can see the explanation there, or you can Google it. <laughs> <laughs> DD-214 Fightwear, at DD-214 underscore Fightwear, gear for the war on PTSD. Get 15% off your online order at dd oh, excuse me, DD214BJJ.com. Please check out their new Soul Armor Memorial Day gi that's coming out soon. The liner in the gi is composed of the names of fallen soldiers. So you can check it out. I'm putting the link in the bio till it launches. All right. Uh, in the spirit of our veteran listeners and supporters, uh, Warriors Next Adventure. All right. They're a veteran and uh, they're a veteran nonprofit. And they're filming a documentary right now, uh, PTSD versus Jiu-Jitsu. They're traveling the country for 50 days, April through June. Uh, they had a few hiccups that we talked about on the last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had to replace the engine in their, in their bus already. They had a little fire. wasn't too bad, so the picture wasn't too bad. But- next, next will be a pterodactyl <laughs> attached to the bus and a T-Rex. <laughs> so they could definitely use our help, everybody. Excuse me. Check out the website, which is warriorsnextadventure.com. Click the PTSD versus Jiu-Jitsu tab. You'll see all the tour dates, all the places that they're going to be, the locations where you can come out and be part of filming. Obviously, donate if you can. They could use the help. Uh, they're on the road as we speak, all right? We also want to thank Retro Grappler. We're going to be collaborating with Chris on some new podcast designs. Love the first uh, the first Mike T. Thank you very much, Chris. Check him out at Retro Grappler Shop on Instagram and RetroGrappler.com. He's got some incredible designs. He's got rash guards, Muay Thai shorts, different fight gear, really cool stuff. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and share wherever you're watching or listening. If you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to click the bell on our page. I love my buddies. I got them back. (laughs) Don't forget to click the bell on our page to get notifications each time we launch a new video. So we appreciate you guys. All right. Ready? Good? 
Get her in here. Right. Well, get her on here because we can't get <laughs> let's anybody get, in I say here. In here. get Let's get Elizabeth here. All right. In here, on here, here. Let's get her on this. To this location. Yes, right. In here. spirit. All right. <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> All right, everybody, joining us today is Fight to Win Welterweight Champion, Elizabeth Clay. Welcome, Elizabeth. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Where are you coming to us from? Are you are your, are your home? Yeah, I'm home right now. Which I'm is... in uh, Minnesota, California right now. Okay, Callie. All right. Um, you're, you got to be traveling, what, now that Corona's, now that the pandemic's over, right? Uh, <laughs> you traveling most weekends? Yeah, most weekends I'm gone. Sometimes I'll have a couple that I'm not, and uh, those are nice. For the most part, I'm gone almost every weekend. Yeah, we shoot on the weekend, so I'm just happy to, like, when I get... We got two... The next two weekends we have off. We're shooting two today. We did shoot earlier in the day with uh, with Kendall Rusing, and um, so we won't shoot for the next two weeks, but we try to do maybe, like, three to four episodes a month now. So uh, we just moved to a Miami studio, so if you're ever in Miami... The original. I'm next weekend. Uh, yeah, I, everybody's telling me next week. I'm like, oh, we're not shooting. Uh, we, our original platform was really like we had uh, everybody come in into the studio, which mm-hmm. uh, Corona put a stop to that. But we would we would be in with kind of a bunch of training partners, and then we'd have our guests come in. So Corona kicked our butts. So we went to kind of the interview platform like this. But I'm super excited with being in the new studio. We'll be able to get back to having people come in and shoot the shit about jujitsu and it's a little bit more personal and more fun. But we'll make the most of this. uh, We'll do it this way for now. (laughs) So how was your Corona time off? Did it completely drive you nuts or did you? Uh, I didn't train for about two months there at all. No, I I didn't have a little bit of time. (laughs) No, for about two months there, actually, I wasn't training at all. I was going crazy. I was running like six. I hate running. I was running like six miles a day. Oh wow! I was lifting every day. I was doing yoga, like anything I could do to yoga. keep my mind Ew. busy. <laughs> Luckily, I had like one of my uh, my Muay Thai instructors. So I was doing Muay Thai like three, four times a week. Anything I could do to just kind of move and, and stay yeah. active. But I went a little crazy there. So do you still, you train at Aries BJJ, correct? Yeah. Do you, you coach yes. there as well? Yeah, I do. Okay. I coach uh, kids and then some of the nogi. Okay. So... How long have you been training total? Tell us, tell us how you got started in in jujitsu, or I'm not sure if you, did you ever train any other martial arts? Uh, not martial. I've done Muay Thai um, on and off, probably combined, probably about four years is what I would say. Um, but I was a gymnast on and off for about ten years. My all my older siblings were elite gymnasts, so that's kind of what I grew up in. And then moving to Alaska, they have gymnastics, but it's not very good. So <laughs> I just wasn't getting like the coaching was good because it was actually my sister coaching, um, but. They just weren't giving me hours that were needed to really go anywhere with it. So I decided to quit because I wasn't going to do something that I couldn't really go anywhere with it. And I was probably, I think I was about 11 when I quit. Um, and I started training jujitsu like right as I turned uh, 12. So it was in, in 2012. So I was off for probably about six months to a year of not having a sport, which growing up doing sports and like doing them super competitively or in being in that environment, even if I wasn't the one competing, like all my siblings were, I was always at like gymnastics meets like every weekend. Um, so then not having that was really hard for me and then just tried jujitsu. And immediately I was training five days a week. One of the days my mom wouldn't drive me in. So I got up at like seven in the morning and I was homeschooled. So I brought my school with me. I go to college (laughs) with my older siblings. I go to, and my sister was still coaching. So I would go to like, I go to work with her just so that I could train at like four and five, p.m. at night wow um, so that i could train five days a week wow 
So Alaska, tell, what's the story there? Is it did your fam your entire family live in Alaska? Where did you grow up? There, here. Um, so I'm originally from Texas. I lived in Texas until I was about eight. Moved to Oklahoma for about two years, and then some stuff happened with my family. Um, if anybody knows anything about uh, Bartlesville, it's a oil field mm. town, basically. Mm -hmm. And in about 2008, 2009, the every like all the oil crashed. And so that town just basically died. Um, so because of that, my dad got laid off all that stuff. And basically um, he'd always wanted to go back to Alaska. His bio families goes back over a hundred years. And so it was just kind of one of those things like, screw it, let's go up to Alaska and move there. And I was 10 when we moved there and I lived there um, for about 10 years outside of a, a stint in 2018 where I lived here in California actually um, for about seven months. So jujitsu started when you got back in Alaska. In Alaska too. In Alaska, big BJJ no, I, scene, huh? Um, it's if you can get the work together, it's not it's not bad. Obviously, yeah. like I won the trials on it. I won worlds multiple times oh, on wow, it because yeah. I started training. Yeah, no, because awesome. I started training in 2012 and I trained purely in Alaska from 2012 to mid 2018, and then I moved to California where I trained for about seven months. Aries and I was an Aries affiliate up in Alaska. So I've been okay. Aries for about five years, um, trained here for about seven months. And then I moved back up to Alaska to help, um, with my family. And I didn't move back to California until last July in 2000 and 2020. Okay. And I was, you know, doing my, doing a little research. I was listening to you on another podcast. Are you 20 years old right now? Yeah, I'm 20. Baby, I'm just, I'm 47. <laughs> I, I get to call you, but I'm going to be 48. You're a baby. You're good, you're good. You're so, I, am, I have children older. I have a daughter older than you. <laughs> wow. So you're still, you're, I mean, there's so much more to come. I mean, you're so young, even in, I mean, even for jujitsu. I mean, there's so much ahead yeah, of Yeah, no, it's, it's just starting out. I just got my black belt last November. Um, so technically this is actually my first year as the black belt. So 20, first year as a black belt done a lot but i have i have a lot more to come you got to kind of like it's such a weird year too i mean with corona like i mean yeah you lost so much of well i mean when when did really i guess right around the time like third coast grappling started doing their events and then fight to win started up right after that right like uh, like third coast i think they did their like four like maybe what was it four or five like in one like boom mm -hmm. boom boom like back to back and then yeah. then fight to win came and and they haven't stopped so really didn't lose the whole year but like half of a year right of, I lost of my whole brown belt year basically did you oh wow so I only got to compete once as a brown belt so I got Nogi Worlds as a brown belt um and I just got my brown belt literally like three weeks before um I went I won double gold there all submissions and then I was actually we were training for Pan Ams I had already flown from Alaska to Arizona to go for the Pan Ams camp we were literally training when wow. we were looking at it and got the news that Pans was for sure canceled so and then so that was in like March and then I didn't compete again until June and when I competed in June I was still a brown belt but I was fighting black belts so like all my fights with like Luisa Montero Gabby all of those fights like it was, I was still a brown belt, but it was at black belt. So even though like, yeah, I'm fighting, I still kind of like lost that brown belt year. The only time I got to compete like as a brown belt with brown belts was Nogi Worlds like three weeks after I got my brown belt. Mm. Wow. That's kind of crazy. I mean, it's just, obviously a crazy year for everyone. But when you think about just the, like this whole competition scene as it relates to jujitsu, 
I mean, it's like a dagger through the heart of so many people like getting prepared. Like I, people that don't know, you've got ADCC trials, yeah. you've got ADCC. I mean, it, there's just so much going on. And then, you know, for, for like, you're so used to having the fight to wins. It's just like, yeah, there's a fight mm-hmm. to win on every other week. And then boom, nothing. I used to look yeah. at the schedule. I have an app, you know, look at the schedule of the UFC and, and, and the, you know, the flow grappling, like bare, gone, nothing for, for yeah, just nothing. months on end. It's uh, horrible. So, okay. So now you're back into the swing of things. When's your next competition? What, what's next for you? What's coming up? So I have a fight to win next weekend. Um, I'm fighting Andres Asincha, and then I have Nogi's hands uh, May 15th and 16th. Okay. So those are my next two coming up. Okay. Now, again, I doing my research. Um, now, you have a, a, a knee injury, something that's kind yeah. of ongoing, right? Tell me about your knee injury. Mm-hmm. How does that affect your training? Is it just kind of like, no, nah, just got to train with it? So, um, when I first injured my knee, I've been dealing with really bad bursitis on and off. Um, actually like right before I won ADCC trials, I went in for my knee that previous, like November, I want to say, and then I won the trials. I think that was like in April. Um, so my knee been bugging me, but I've been having some rib rib injuries and stuff like that. Like it wasn't a big deal. It was just part of like training that hard. And then I was cutting a lot of weight. So won the trials and then went and was training, training, training. And then I actually got, um, I was doing some stand up getting ready for ADCC. I was probably about like, it was less than six weeks out, but I think it had at least been four weeks out before. So it was, it was coming up really close. And honestly, it might've even been a little bit closer than that and was going, it was training. And I got my right leg crossed up over my left and I got pushed back on it and my knee popped, Hmm. whatever. It sucks. No big deal. I kept training and then I ended up going and I was rolling with one of the guys and he decided knowing I had a knee injury to rip up on my heel. And this is like a month out from ADCC. I just turned 17. I freaking blew about going to ADCC and he pulled up on it. And I still kept trying to train, but it was so bad that my knee kept would like, I'd be putting lockdown and my knee, like it wasn't like it hurt. If it just hurt, it wouldn't have been a big deal. Like I would have still gone and competed. Uh, but my knee was popping out of place. Like I would walk and my knee would pop backwards. And so I ended up like going in and getting it looked at before I even can't like I was still dieting was so like I don't care I'm gonna go but I needed to go see um, I went to go see a surgeon and went in to go look at my knee and basically I partially torn my PCL but it was it was pretty torn if, if you guys don't know anything about it most people tear the ACL right and everybody says the ACL is really strong your PCLs is double the thickness of oh, your wow. ACL yeah it's double the thickness. That's supposed to be the ligament that like you don't tear, right? It's the one that goes, it's straight on the knee and it keeps your knee from popping backwards. So I torn it at least halfway. And then he's like, that's pretty bad. And then he's like, and I'm looking at your knee. You've stretched out all the other, other ligaments. So your knee's acting like it's fully blown. You've ruptured all the little sacs in there that hold all the fluid and half your patellar tendon is gone. Like, I don't know if it was just from impact and it wasn't like it just snapped because a lot of times it'll snap. Um, but I actually like looking at the MRI, it's nasty. You don't even need to know to look at MRIs. You can see like all around it. It was just like eaten away at, um, I guess from repetitive damage or whatever. Been an athlete my whole life. Like it's not, I don't know what it's from, but it was from <laughs> something. So going to that and basically he's like, so nothing's actually fully torn in your knee, but you're, but the, because of the patellar tendon being, or uh, sorry, the PCL being stretched out, the patellar tendon being done, you have no padding on your knee. So when you hit it, it's going to swell. All the swelling goes straight down. 
but that wasn't the issue. The issue was the fact that the PCL was torn and all the other ligaments were stretched out. So there was nothing keeping my knee in place. It was just popping out of place all the time. And when I say popping back, I mean like not just going straight, like totally popping backwards. Like, you know, you see those videos where people land and their knee goes backwards. Yeah. That was me walking. Wow. Um, and so he goes, he's like, listen, you can go compete if you want, but if you compete, you're going to, you're not just going to finish tearing the PCL, everything else in your knee is so damaged. You're going to shred your knee. You're going to need me to replace everything. And if you, I have to replace everything, I'm giving you a full knee replacement at 17. And he's like, I'm not going to tell you what to do. You're an athlete, but I'm telling you right now, if you go and compete, you've ruined your career. It's done. You'll get this one. Wow. And so I was like, okay. And he's like, here's a full ACL brace. Cause it'll keep you from popping your knee backwards. I know you're probably not going to listen to me because you're an athlete and athletes don't listen. Um, he's like, but I'm telling you right now, if I have to do surgery on this knee, it's not going to be good. Even if I only have to replace the PCL, because if you drill through the bone and it rubs, so you only get two surgeries out of that before they've destroyed that bone. Once you destroy the bone, you got to replace the whole thing. So he's like, with as hard as you are on your knees, normally you get about 10 years out of each surgery. You'll get about five. He's like, that'll put you at about 27 needing a full knee replacement. So I didn't end up having surgery for that reason. Cause he's like, I don't want to do surgery on it. Cause again, if I do surgery on it now, I'll ruin your career. Um, so I ended up basically getting handed a metal knee brace to go wear and not to pop it backwards. And him told, I don't know if it's going to heal or not, but I know if I touch that knee, it's gone. So I need you to do a lot of rehab on it. I need you to not hyperextend this knee. And when you tear something else, come back and I'll fix it is basically what I was told at, yeah. at 17, you know, less than a month out from ADCC. Right. Um, so that was rough. I ended up wearing, having to wear that brace for at least a month straight, 24 seven, like sleeping, everything. So if I popped that back, it was really bad. And then I slowly got to the point that I would like, and I'm not kidding, like five minutes, I would walk without it and then I have to put it right back on. So if my legs started getting tired, then I risked it, um, going, popping backwards. So that's in like September end up slowly rehabbing it. And I'm still training. I'm not training the whole time, but I'm still in the gym the whole time. I'm still teaching. I only missed one class that I was um, supposed to be teaching. And I'm in teaching giant metal knee brace, all the kids whacking it with their heads and <laughs> running into it. And you know how kids go. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. running, punk. Dude, I think every day I had at least one kid that had a giant goose egg on their head. Cause they'd run straight in and you could see it. I were on the outside of my pants and yeah. <laughs> every single time. So ended up going, being able to do a little bit of rehab and then Nogi worlds came up and I really wanted to compete Nogi worlds. I had just started training without the metal knee brace. So I ended up, just going and watching. Um, and then the following February, I was able to compete in my first competition again, which was um, Atlanta open. And then I won double gold there. And then I went and did uh, pans and I won double gold there. But at that point, even the following June, when I was going to compete worlds, that's when I first flew down um, to train with the guys at Aries at like the headquarters, my knee was still so bad in between rounds. I'm having to shake my knee out because it hurts so bad. Um, it's finally just now gotten to the point. So what are we three and a half years, almost four years after, um, just now gotten to the point now that I don't have that. So it definitely still bothers me sometimes, but it's one of those that it's almost like an old injury now. So it's not so much, as long as I'm not like stupid with it. Does, it still, part, bend, can, does it still bend backwards? It's yeah, it still well, does. It bends back. If I put both my knees side by side and bend them back, you can see a difference. I'll do that when people are like, Oh, which one's your knee to turn? I was like, here, let me show you this. <laughs> I also, I have, I have no feeling in that knee. So I don't know what I did when I tore it. Um, 
but like when I'm getting knee barred, it feels no different when I'm getting knee barred versus when my leg is just straight, except I can literally feel everything like catching and pulling, but there's no pain. Oh. Where, so where, I, I, I seriously damaged some nerves in there. Where did you bury the body? <laughs> <laughs> the, the body of the guy that did that, that popped it and it was injured. Where did you bury him? <laughs> Bro, he's still alive. I didn't roll with him for almost two years though. I was so mad and he's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like, dude, like that's not something you can say sorry for. Like I was 17 a blue belt going to ADCC. The next time I, when I actually get to compete ADCC for the first time, I'll be a black belt. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, it's still a big deal, but that's not the same thing. Like, I was mm-hmm. 17 in a blue belt. I'm going to be, like, 21, 22 in a black belt going. And, like, yes, it's still young. It's impressive getting to go at all and compete that. Like, it's a big thing. But there's a huge difference. Like, there's no amount of sorry that can make up for that, especially when it's where he ripped it up. It wasn't like when I was doing stand-up and it got popped, and that was straight up an accident. Like, I wasn't upset about that at all. Like, I was upset my knee was hurt, but I wasn't upset at the person that did it. Um, it was one of those things that he purely just didn't want to lose and decided to grab my leg and rip it as hard as he could, not even in a submission. And so it was one of those. And I'm like, you can't say sorry for that when it wasn't an accident. Like if it was an accident, cause like injuries happen, accident, how many people pull out of big competitions? Cause they got hurt. It happens. And, and it happens just purely out of accident. That's one thing. It's another thing to do just because your ego is getting involved in it. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like I'll still, sometimes I'll see him and I'll go to say something and I'm like, I'm still mad at you. It's been years <laughs> later. That is not something that's just going to go. Yeah. And like, I've had like AC joint separations, like before competitions and been like, bro, like that was an accident. It was a pure accident. <laughs> like, I don't care. You're good. Like it sucks it that it's messed up, but I'm not mad about it. But it was one of those that I'm like, dude, like you were just being stupid. Like I can't, that's not even one of those that I can brush off. as like an accident. I was what? just you having a huge ego. What belt was he at? You were at blue. What belt was that person at at that time? I think I think he was another blue belt. Mm, okay. And but I like okay ego. yeah I'm a female I'm a blue belt ego but like bro I'm going to ADCC come on like yeah. you can't like shred my knee like in a month like after I compete <laughs> when I come back now you can shred my knee but like not right now. And, you, know, I, you know I'm I'm at, I'm at purple on the I say on the cusp of brown. And I still talk about it a lot, and I talk about it to be like to remind myself. There's you still have ego at purple belt. There's still sometimes oh, like you know 100%. you're training right. I think you're always gonna have an ego, but knowing when okay, I'm just gonna take the L on this, and and it not being such, it's not a big deal. You're not training. It is not yeah. the ADCC. This is training. You're supposed to be able to lose, right? We all say you don't you don't lose. You learn. Well, uh, you you know you hate losing. But like, there's a time and a place if you want to have a big ego. Like, I of course I don't ever want my knee shredded, but like, don't do it right before a huge competition. Like, that's one of those things that like, regardless, you should be like, even if let's say I was being stupid, like, you should be looking out for me. I'm going to something like this as a training partner of someone, especially if you're not going to compete at the same thing. Like, part of your job is to look out yeah. for your training partners as well. And that's the thing that like, if I have some of my teammates, let's say they're training for a super fight coming up. And I'm not doing it. I'm going to train to hard and to push you. Yes. But I'm also going to be like half of it's going to be me looking out for you to make sure you're not getting hurt. And I'm not going to rip on something. Even if I have it dead to rights, if you're not tapping, I'm going to let it go because it's just not worth hurting you right before something. Now, if I'm fighting as well, then it's different because I need to have that as well. But even then, like if you're just not tapping, I might even let go then because it's just not worth like taking you out of the competition for one round like it's a round 
maybe my ego's involved in it or your ego's involved in it. Like it's not worth it for one round and then take you out of something that's going to mean like so much more. That's actually like, that means something. Nobody's paying you for that round. Yeah. They're yeah. paying you when you go to like do events or stuff like that. I, I wound up, it, I thought it was completely torn. Uh, actually had a, it wound up being sprains, ACL, MCL sprain. <laughs> the day before it was a Sunday training, open mat day before I was going into quarantining for work. So nine months out, was you know it was corona anyway mm-hmm. my gym was open i could have tra- i would i probably would have trained kept me home anyway and then when i came back having an injury like that made me so much more conscious of the way i rolled with my training partners yeah. it was you know uh, i it, it's it's kind of a little bit of a joke that, but i it's serious when i tell i have a partner a training partner who is a barber and he always has his his the the his hand taped that he uses the, yep. the, the the shears with, and I'll always jokingly say which hand is it because I'll he knows I love to wrist lock him, and so but I'll always ask him which hand is it because I don't want to wrist lock that like as, as a joke as right before yeah no roll, yeah like, I'm about to I'm gonna wrist lock you so which, you know so I I joke with him every once in a while like that so but I'm very now I'm very very conscious of not only like I. When you train with people enough, you know who's got the back injury. Yeah. You know who's got the knee. You know who blew this out, who blew that out. You know, so you got it. You're very conscious. And look, I, you know, I'm not training with people that are that are going to ADC other than coaches, maybe. But my other training partners, nobody's going to ADCC anytime soon. But I'm so conscious of it. Again, the ego creeps in every once in a while. But now I really, really do understand it as the injured person. Yep. And every once in a while, I do put like a a bigger knee brace. It's kind of like rubber and plastic on the sides, mm-hmm. but it, that the rubber and plastic covers the metal. So I'll, yeah. I'll, tr- I'll have, sometimes I have to train. If I want to train, I have to put it on. So I don't want that, that kind of side to side wiggle every once yeah, in a while. You don't comes want that. In. So I do wear it and I usually just, and I tell them because I don't want them to get hurt on the brace. I'll just give it a little yeah. knock like, Hey, this is the knee fair warning. You know, you do something stupid on that side and you hurt yourself. That's like knee people in the face by accident and stuff like that. Yep. But I'm like, you know, I'm conscious of that as well. But yet having an injury like that now that I've come back, I'm just like very super conscious and I'm not like out for blood. Like I think I was before the pandemic, you know, everything had to be a finish and, you know, maybe go a little extra harder, maybe a little crank across the face. You know, now I've again, and at purple belt, like I'm talking about my own experience, but I kind of feel like other I've seen other people like me that I train with where the, that's where the ego started to kind of mm-hmm. creep out a little bit. It just kind of goes away. Purple, you're going to get your brown. You look that differently. Your things, different things are expected of you. So, I mean, at least for me, that's the way it's been. But I'm definitely, you know. A, a much better training partner than I was before. And I don't know, see if you see, like, um, I'm about 5'10", 240. So I'm usually one of the bigger guys in class. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm that I'm the guy in the corner that nobody wants to roll with. Because <laughs> most of my training partners don't, are not, are under 200 pounds. So I'm that guy. So I have to be a lot nicer now if I even want anybody to roll with me most times. <laughs> so yeah, are, and there's also, uh, like, Go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish no. your thought. There's also that difference between being like, okay, this round's going to be hard. We're going as hard as we can versus like every day. Like if you're going to go hundred percent, let me know beforehand. So I know to protect myself as well. Yeah. And I just think that's something that should be discussed. Oh, I absolutely know. Like my, my coach has been, especially with, you know, kind of injuries recently in the gym, he's very conscious of telling people like we're, 
we're going to flow. This is a flow round. If I Mm -hmm. see you doing this, I'm not going to like it. But he's done that in the past. And I might train with somebody and we look at each other. We're like, we're not going to flow, right? Like, you, you know, you know who's going to. Yeah, you know, you know, you, you know who's going to do it. <laughs> now it's like, no, I don't care if you know anything. Everybody's flowing. At least the first round is always a flow round. Yeah. You know, and then it's like, all right, then go crazy if you, if you need to. But he's been very, uh, I've, I've just noticed it more in my coach. Um, he's he's kind of watching that a little bit more. I think we've had just kind of a, just a lot of small injuries recently. And he just, listen, listen, it's it's still a business. And if your students yeah. are getting hurt, not coming in, you know, not only are they not bringing in their friend, but they're not coming back, you know, so. Yeah. So I was going to ask, what I was going to ask was, um, okay, you're a competitor, but are you also a fan? I always like to know, like, are you watching Flow Grappling in your downtime? Are you watching all the events? Are you going to be watching today, watching later? You know, or are you just like, I'll do it, but I'm not like glued to my phone or to the app? I'm definitely not the one that's glued to my no. phone. Yeah, but there are like a couple people fighting that there's like someone I want to watch. I'll tune in for those fights specifically. But I like, I'm more, I would say I'm more of a casual fan. Like if somebody's like has the event on, like, oh, BJJ Stars is on, we're going to have everyone over. Like I'll be over for that then and I'll be watching it. But I'm definitely not like, you have, you definitely have the people that like don't watch it at all. I wouldn't say I don't watch it at all. I definitely tune into some stuff, but it's definitely more like a casual fan and someone that's like, Samir, uh, one of my one of my professors, he's so glued to it. He's always watching stuff. He's always studying everything. I'm like, dude, I don't have the attention span for that. I'm the person at Worlds that's on my phone. I'll watch the highlights <laughs> on my phone, but I'm not sitting there watching all the matches. Unless it's like one of my teammates, like a semifinals, a finals match, like something like that. Then I'm watching it or I'm like, oh, this is one person I want to watch. But I'm 100% that person that I'm on my phone, on the IBGGF page to just to see the highlights. Because I'm not going to sit there and watch <laughs> not, the whole not thing. Not even the videos. You're just on the page for the updates. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's nice. They won. No, you know, not even like the highlights. <laughs> I watch videos. And this is me watching it. People hate watching jujitsu videos with me. Because I sit and I scroll through to the good parts. They're yeah. sitting there for a while. I'll scroll through to the action. And then I'll back it up about 15 seconds to see how the action started. And then I'll watch from there. And then if it, even if there's action, if it's the same thing, I skip through again. And when it's something different, I go back about 15 seconds to see how it started going different. That's me watching videos. When people are sitting there and they're like glued and they're watching a whole like 10 minute match from beginning to end, unless it's like somebody I really want to watch, then I can watch the whole thing, but I can't watch every video like that. And everybody's watching it. I'm like, Bro, or people yeah. like, man, did you see this match? And I'm like, I can be watching the mat, and I'm not watching the matches, even yeah. if I'm not on my phone. <laughs> I like bounce around the mat because I'm like, oh, that one's boring. I'll bounce around to this mat. I'll bounce around to that one. And people are like, hey, did you watch that? And I was like, no, I started watching, and then I went to that mat and that mat, and I didn't watch any of it. So I, I'm new to the kind of the, the the flow grappling, the fight to wins. Just in the last year, um, we got. We were doing the podcast. We started, uh, we were kind of developed a relationship with one of the smaller organizations. And we were, oh, hey, listen, we'll hook you up with this guy that's fighting and get him on the show. And then I really started to, I mean, I, oh, you know, I, like I saw the highlights, saw the saw the Instagram, saw the one match. And then I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to you know invest in Flow Grapple. I guess I'll get to, you know, I'll pay the money. <laughs> and then just got really into it. 
So much so. I mean, I, I can't watch everyone because my wife would freaking kill me. Yeah. It's, it, it's bad enough that I do jujitsu and then I do the podcast. Uh, you know, this is um, Saturday is week is day six of my work week. But I've when she's usually when she's not at home or if my daughter and my wife tie up the TV, I have one of these like there's a monitor. You see the monitor over my shoulder. Mm-hmm, yep. uh, we used to shoot in my house. So I, they're on rollers. So I'd roll one next to the TV. I'd put a headset on. So I'd be watching like they'd be watching Grey's Anatomy or whatever. Uh-huh. And I've got like the the flow grappling app on the TV on this other one. And sometimes they've come home. I'm a big UFC fan. That's where I really got my found my love of jujitsu. I'd have the regular TV on with my monitor next to the, you know, so flow grappling's on over here. UFC's on over here. Like tonight might be one of those nights if, if they're, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to, what they're watching tonight, but this is like a night where I really do want to see the, the UFC fights. And, you know, I do want to see, I mean, Wagner, you know, I'm, I'm a fight sports, yeah. uh, trained at fight sports in Coral Springs, Florida. So got to watch Wagner. Cause they'll be talking about it, you know, in our groups and stuff. I'm not, yeah, I'm, not I'm not training cause I have a, have a rib injury, so I won't be in there tomorrow, but everyone's going to be talking about it. So I can't miss that, you know, but yeah, I'm now I'm becoming that, that fan, but there's so, there's so many competitors. I mean, you know, UFC, there's, there are 13 fights on tonight. Were they like 26 on a fight to win? <laughs> it's like double that, right? Bro, there's so from many, the, right. From the kids through the, right, you know, all the way to the main event. I mean, that's just, uh, time. It's a lot. That's a big investment in just not only brain power, time, but the brain power. And then I can't remember everybody, you know. Oh, I can't remember anything. That's the thing. I just don't have that attention span, and I get bored. That's the problem. It's yeah. like I don't even focus during instruction. Like I'm looking, <laughs> and I'm, I'm like I'm, I'm looking there, and I'm looking, and literally sometimes Samir will look over at me, and he's like, "Liz, like what?" He's like. You're looking, but you're not paying attention. I'm like, yeah. I'm trying, but I can't. I start zoning out. I've got about maybe some people are. Oh, I got a good ten minutes. I think I got a, a good like two minutes. I got two minutes for you to explain it well and not talk forever. <laughs> or, but he even knows. I'll literally go through and I'm like, Samir, can you show it one more time and just mm. just just show it, and then I can pick it up and we're good. Or I'll be like, Hey, come over here real quick. Walk me through it once, and I've got it easy i can detail it i don't even need you to give me all the details just walk me through the basics right easy but i can't i just don't i might be slightly like add or adhd i cannot focus and save my life and they just took down all the uh we had a paper on the wall still and they just took that down off the windows today and i I told samir i told samir i was like it's gonna be worse Wait a minute, wait a minute, go back, go back, go back. You said there was no secret training. Paper on the windows? I did it for two months. <laughs> for two months I did it. Oh, you did? At the okay. very beginning. Uh, uh, at the very beginning, mm-hmm. I didn't get to train. Mm-hmm. Now we I have We found been. you out. We found you out. <laughs> but Lied they just took all of it down, and I was like, you know how, you know, you thought it was bad before me focusing. You have any idea how much worse <laughs> it's going to get? Now I actually have something to stare at. I'm not just staring at nothing. <laughs> They put tint. Like, there ain't no way I'm focusing now. My gym went with tint, went with really nice dark tint on the windows. <laughs> That's how they did it. But I, I'm like that. Too. You know what? I, I found my trick of because I'm a detailed person. I really do have to watch and like walk around and see where a foot mm-hmm. is when my instructor's doing something. But every once in a while, it's been a long day and I'm just zoned out. And I'm just there to like, I just want to roll. So I just find that training partner that I always know is like like the technical person. 
Yeah. I'll just be like, okay, you go first. <laughs> you know, drop down that. You go first. And then like, okay, all right, I got it now. Cause that, if somebody's doing it on me. It's a little bit, okay, yeah. now I know what we're doing. Yeah, same. You know, <laughs> no, the worst I'm never part that is guy, though. I'm yeah. never the guy. I'm never the partner that somebody uses like that. <laughs> no, everyone, they'll be asking because, you know, one of the black belts, whatever. I'll literally have like the lower belts. They'll be like, hey, Liz, like, what are we doing? And I'll be like, hang on, give me one second. I'll go look <laughs> at someone else. And then I can detail it from there. Like, I know the details. I just don't know what we're doing. And I'll go through and then I can detail it. And I've had them before be like, did you straight up just watch someone else do it and then detail it? And I was like, yeah. They're like, okay. Like, it worked, didn't it? They're like, yeah, it worked. I was like, you know, I don't pay attention. You know, everyone knows that for like my uh, my producer, Bo here, I'm really trying to get him into jujitsu. He's he's hasn't he hasn't taken me up on my offers. I told him I want him to be my first white belt. I when you're talking about him, we're talking about details and moves. And and in the back of my mind, I'm saying it's such a freaking amazing martial art that it's always evolving. Like there's never going to be a time where you'd be like. Okay, so I've done all the techniques. Let me, uh, yeah, now I'm, I'm done. I've learned, yeah, all the, I've learned all of the jujitsu. That just doesn't exist in this world. No. It is just, I mean, I, again, you know, if you watch any, follow any jujitsu competitor, you know, all of a sudden somebody puts out and you're like, oh shit, I didn't even know that was there. How did he mm-hmm. do that? It always just, it, 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 it just blows my mind that this it's such an ever evolving martial art when you know we're biased but I'm it's, it's the best martial art i mean cuz it's always changing and there's something always new yep. you know whenever i talk to somebody about you know the hiya you know so oh you do jujitsu hiya <laughs> whenever i talk to that person or they I, I, this is even this is the best i this morning a girl that i used to go to school with right you follow everybody on facebook so you know 30 yeah. years later you know you still see that person and her son was getting his black belt today like oh that's great he's like 16 he's getting his black belt and i'm like oh man if she only knew if she only knew that there was like so much more out there that he needs to learn Mm -hmm. and then a little part of me goes and and i kind of got this put in my head from like other black belts like they get angry at the false sense of security that 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 black belt might give that kid where it's like you really don't understand that you don't know like the other half or you know the ground side right it's like okay throw those kicks and if somebody grabs you you get that wrestler you know i've had fights with wrestlers you know like literal like fight oh shit this guy's gonna freaking mm-hmm. take me down they have no clue what they're missing so i go from just kind of like ha look you know that 16 year old with a black belt whatever yep. to like that anger that that i've heard from other black belts going man it's such a false sense of security it's it's so sad that they do that what are your thoughts on that? Like, you know, you said you did some Muay Thai. I don't know if you've ever encountered, you know, kind of or or, or tried any other martial arts. But what, what do you think about that? What's your take on that? Uh, I definitely think that sucks, like that false sense of security. But I also like going off of false sense of security. I definitely my thing that I get more upset about is like the women's self-defense stuff. That's like, like, oh, go to one class and like you can defend yourself. Yeah. Come on. Take your that, key, so I, take your car key and you put oh. it right here. You're good. Drives it, like it's one thing if you want to like show something, but like tell them that they still don't know anything. Because I think that it, the same thing that it would do with that black belt is it gives that false sense of security. So then instead of trying to run, they're gonna sit there and try and do something when they don't know anything, but they think that they do. Um, and I think it ends up being more dangerous than if they just didn't know anything and didn't go to anything. Because instead of having that like, okay, like you should probably run. 
you, they don't, they're like, oh, like I, I know something, like I can do something. Um, and I think it just turns, it, it just makes it more dangerous instead of it actually being helpful, which is what I think the goal is. And I think that the intent behind it is good, but the execution and how it's done isn't. You know, it's funny. I live in, you know, we're in Florida, obviously. I, I told you that before, right? We're in Florida and we always hear like the crazy Florida stories, like Gator mm-hmm. man walks into a convenience store with alligator, you know, like all that crazy stuff. Yeah. I hear a million stories about, you know, I, I've never heard of a karate guy like in the news, karate, black belt, subdues suspect. It's always like jujitsu instructor, you know, yeah. subdues suspect because that karate guy doesn't know how to subdue. He might know how to kick the guy and punch him and maybe that guy doesn't know any better. But subduing him, holding him down, holding him for the police, yeah. you know, grappling with him on the ground. Uh uh-uh. uh. You ne- it's always jujitsu blue belt. <laughs> karate, yeah, right? karate guy. Karate guy annoys perp. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so now let's go back to the knee a little bit. You are you you're training. You said something before like uh, you said now 3 years in the knee is it you know I'm doing air quotes here is it better? You have you just learned to live with it and how to train with it? Or has it gotten better from where it was? Uh, it's a hundred percent gotten better from where okay. it was. It definitely what it wasn't something that I could learn to just live with. Um, mm-hmm. If that was the case, like I would have still gone and competed. Okay. It was it was really bad. Like no surgery, though, right? You didn't do a surgery. No, no surgery. Okay. No, nope, just ton of PT. Um, like so much yeah. PT, and that okay. that is the one nice thing about ligaments is unless they're fully torn, for the most part you can do a lot of physical therapy to um, hold everything in place. But for me, um, if you look from where I competed weight-wise to where I compete now, there's a significant difference. I went up in weight so that I was able to lift, actually, because my ligaments don't keep my knee together. Um, It's all muscle. Yep, it's all muscle. And it's the same thing. Like I have some shoulder problems and some other injuries as well. Honestly, the only thing that keeps my entire body in place <laughs> is the amount of muscle that I have. So I always have to be careful, like dropping too low um, or too often. Like if I'm going to drop low, doing it too often, because if I lose that muscle mass, um, it's not good for my body. My body, will, I'll start having knee problems again. I'll start having shoulder problems again. Um, and everything just kind of falls apart. So a big thing was the physical therapy. And then also I just started lifting. I was lifting beforehand, but started lifting to actually get bigger and put on more muscle mass. Um, because it's the only thing that keeps everything in place. Obviously like the physical therapy helped the knee and everything, but the muscles, what keeps it together. So many has gotten better. And I've also learned kind of how to work around it, but it's gotten significantly um, better. When I first started training again with it, I couldn't even bring my knee to my butt. If you see me compete like super flexible, right? Yeah. I couldn't bring my knee to my butt. Like sitting, it wouldn't. It was like a foot away from me at least, Ugh. and it, it like and it hurt and like it physically also wouldn't go in any closer than that. So, uh, it was so messed up. So if you went to that same doctor today, is it still in the condition where like okay, let's if you said I, I want to opt for surgery, let let's do the surgery. It's it's ready when you are. Like to you, your knee is ready for the surgery when you are, or is it like, I'm never going to do it. I'm going to do it when I retire from competing. Like, where is that on your schedule, your life schedule? Like, yeah, I'm going to have to get it done. If eventually. I, if I tear something else, then I'll go get surgery. Uh, basically if I tear any of my lateral ligaments, 
or the ACL, then I'll probably have to go get it in. Mm -hmm. Even then I could probably do some PT. Um, but if I tear that meniscus, that meniscus and PCL tear, when you tear both of them together, then you pretty much have to have surgery. Um, but my surgeon actually, he refused to do surgery. He wouldn't do it. He's like, I'm, I'm not ruining your career. I'm sorry. You're 17. Mm. I'm, I'm not. He's like, if you, if you go and you spend six to eight months and it's still just as bad and you've actually done the work, then that's different. He's like, but I'm not doing surgery now. He's like, I'm, I'm not doing it. He's like, yeah, your knee's torn. He goes, if you were a normal person, I would do surgery on your knee tomorrow. He's like, but I'm, I'm not touching that knee. So even if I went back to that same surgeon, he would ask me, do you still want to be an athlete? If the answer was yes, he would tell me no. Mm. So I brought that back up to go, you know, so regular, regular training schedule, regular competition schedule, you're moving forward full force, right? Yep. Okay. So, so what does your schedule look like for this year? We said, I know you said you were coming to Miami. I think we might've gotten sidetracked. Mm -hmm. what, what is, what's the schedule for this year? What, what are your major events? Um, I'll be doing a bunch of fight to wins, obviously. Um, hopefully some, another who's number one. And there's some other cards later on in the year that I'm hoping to get on. And then hopefully I'm hoping they're going to have worlds of some kind so that I can do that gi or no gi. Um, I'd actually prefer gi worlds, but whatever they have doing the no gi pans. And then I think gi pans is in September and I'll be doing that as well. And then I'm teaching a ton of seminars as well. I couldn't, I'd have to pull up my schedule to tell you those because I'm teaching a lot. So where does ADCC fit into that? Is that, are there, are there any travel restrictions? That's that's on for that's on for this year. Uh, I don't think ADCC is until next year. Well, well, the tri well, the, when do, when do the trials happen? When do they start the trials? Is that around September? For the, so for the next ADCC, women, women can only compete the second trials. Okay. They don't get to compete the first one. So normally, the first trials is around in for the U.S. is around in November, and the second one will okay. be around anywhere from like February to April. So so that um, so but that's, if I get an invite, then. I won't be competing the trials, oh, but okay. if I don't have an invite, I'll compete the trials. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Gotcha. So do you, I talked about, you know, I, I love the UFC and I'll be watching tonight. Are you a fan of any other sports? Do you, you know, are you a UFC fan? Do you watch anything else? Was it just all about jujitsu? Um, I'll casually watch um, UFC sometimes if people have it on. I'm still a huge gymnastics fan. I don't think that'll ever go away. Right. There's just something beautiful about that. Um, but outside of that, I'm not like a huge, I'll watch wrestling occasionally, but not a lot outside of those. So occasionally MMA, jujitsu, uh, some wrestling, but not a lot. And then gymnastics is about it. Okay. All right. So I'm going to drop in some listener questions as, as we're talking yep. here a little bit. Uh, so our first question is from Aurora EB underscore BJJ on Instagram it says, did you have many female training partners throughout your journey or did you train primarily with men? Oh, almost a hundred percent with men. And even if I was training with women, all of my hard training was with, with men, even to this day, like I, I do train with some girls. Only one of them is a black belt and we have a brown belt as well that I'll train with. They're all lighter than me though. And I still, for the most part, I prefer to train with the guys. Okay. All right. And then we've got another one from Dawn Marie underscore eight twenty seven. Um, oh, you actually just answered that. It says the preference between female and male partners. Okay. So that one's out. Hey, yo, Slamo on Instagram. Asks. Hey. <laughs> hey, yo, Slamo. All right. When preparing for a fight, do you normally like, do you set up a camp? Do you have like a time frame, or is it always just ready, ready kind of mindset? You're always ready to go if, if you get the call. 
Um, so that's kind of like if I have advanced notice, obviously, like I would like to do that. But for the most part, like this fight, I think I had like two weeks. So it's just kind of one of those like, oh, I have this coming up. I just need to like, I just, I don't train more necessarily. Um, but the intensity and the like mindset behind the training will change a little bit. And then like keeping whatever I'm competing with that rule set in mind. So I wouldn't say that I like change everything. Even if I have a camp, my whole training doesn't change for it. Um, if I have no geeks, I train primarily gi. if it's no gi then I'll just make sure that I get like extra no-gi rounds in after gi class. Um, but just the intensity and the mindset behind it changes more so than actually like, oh, now I'm going to start training more. So do you think with that, you know, the two questions that we got about, you know, male and female uh, training partners, a couple of questions I have about that. Do you, do you feel that the sport is growing in a way that it is more inviting to women now? Do you feel like it's in a place where, you know, the, the a twelve year old girl or even younger is saying, "I want to do that." Do you think you're we're in that place yet? No, I definitely think so. Um, the kids program that we have, we actually not the one that I teach because I teach the younger kids. Um, the older kids, I think the it's actually it's either even or there might even be more girls that train than there are um, boys that train. So I definitely think it is. But I I think in general, if you look at most sports. Um, women's sports is always behind men's that's how it always it's always been like that with every sport you want to look like uh, I think it's just because they're newer that jujitsu and like MMA are getting more of like the oh man like women's so far behind whatever whatever Um, it's normal for it to be like that if you look at any sports even like basketball and stuff like that like women's has always been a little bit further behind the men's and I wouldn't and I think it's primarily just because it's not really open, not necessarily opened up to women um, before that, but women just kind of start it later. I think they just kind of sit on the sidelines and watch it first. And it takes yeah. a couple people that are comfortable to training with all guys, um, not even necessarily just in jujitsu, but in sports in general, to then get comfortable to start doing that and then we'll slowly bring in um, other women. I think, yeah, no, you, I definitely get to that point. UFC is a, is a huge example of that where, you know, Dana White used to say, I, I'll never have a woman fight yeah. in the UFC. And then all of a sudden, boom, again, you know, we, we were talking with uh, Kendall earlier today uh, on the previous podcast. And I was like, I'm more interested in the women fighting tonight than the the men fighting. The uh, Rose Nama Yunus, one of my favorite fighters to watch. I just think mm-hmm. she's the uh, incredible badass. That's like the fight that I'm tuning in to watch. And the yeah. other one, yeah, I mean, I'm a fan and I want to see the other ones. But when I think about this card, I'm just like, oh, Rose is fighting tonight. Like mm-hmm. that's just the way it's been. And I've said it a million times. Sometimes the women fights are just way better. You know, I'd say on a 75 percent of the time, the women fights are the ones that stick out to me on on any of the cards that I watch. Um, mm-hmm. But good. No, I definitely think um, women fights, if they don't train like they should or they're kind of like nervous about it, they can either be the most boring fights ever or I think they're the most exciting because when you actually get women out there that actually want to go and like fight, there's just something extra behind it. Like guys are going out for the most part, they're going out to fight to just like, I'm just trying to win this fight. There's something extra when you get women that are actually like fighting that there's just, I would say like an extra fire um, behind it that you don't really get so much with, with the men. I, I think they, you know, they feel like they have, they have to prove something. Yeah. They're trying to, they want to earn that spot. 
Yep. I kind of, I don't know if it diminishes it when I say they have something to prove. Because I don't think they have anything to prove anymore. When I'm talking about UFC anyway, I don't feel like they have anything to prove. They've proven themselves. But I think that they feel like they can't have an average fight like a guy can have an average fight. Like, eh, yep. like you no, said, I 100% he agree. just wants to win. He wants to, you know, get another, you know, move up in the ranking. What, yeah, right. No big deal. Yeah. Whatever. If women does that, it's like all oh, women's fights are boring. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I'm getting at. It's like, yeah, you know what? You might not. You feel like you're not going to get invited back, or it's like, oh well, let's get rid of yeah. that weight class because there's nobody good in it anymore. Uh, but I, I, and in you know, in the beginning, you know, kind of the UFC was like that for guys though too. You know, say mm-hmm. in the beginning, so say in the beginning of a fighter's journey when they first get that, like they're fighting injured, they're fighting, they're you know freaking eyeballs going to come out and pop out of the head and they're they're still in there fighting and mixing it up but once you get to you know okay you got a belt or you're a top three contender all of a sudden it's a little bit more about the money and you know contract negotiations and oh i'm not going to fight there and i'm not going to fight him then all that creeps in but again for women I, i for me just i'm so happy that they're in the ufc because i think some of those fights have been some of my favorites you know but yeah i definitely agree yeah so okay, so uh, we kind of asked you, you know, do you, are you do you like, watch any other sports? But we have a uh, Damien the Stud is his uh, Instagram name, Damien underscore the underscore Stud. He says, besides jujitsu, is there anything else that you're passionate about? You know, are you crocheting sweaters in your downtime? <laughs> um, <laughs> I do. <laughs> oh, you crochet? Yeah. Shout out! Did we, did we just lose all the crocheting uh, uh, jujitsu fans? I do socks, sweaters. <laughs> Everybody tuned out. No, um, for the most part, all I do is train and lift because that's all the time I have for. But I was able, last time I was in Puerto Rico, I was able to actually go surfing. Had so much fun surfing. If I get another chance to do that, I'll definitely be surfing. And then um, I'm definitely, granted, I don't get to do it that much, but I love riding horses. Um, But it's definitely not something I get to do all the time. For the most part, my day just consists of training and been relaxing if I can and lifting. So how was that? I was very jealous seeing those pictures of you in Puerto Rico. I I, I mentioned to you, I I wrote to you in a message. I was like, I used to go to Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm New Yorican. We went to, as far back as I can remember, we went every either Christmas or summer, every single year, as far, like probably till I was 16. So I'm talking like little kid, toddler, all the way through. And some of my best memories in my life are just being in Puerto Rico, you know, just hanging out at my grandmother's house. You know, we used to catch little lizards with a long piece of grass. We used to catch them <laughs> by the neck. Like, just little things like that to some of my best memories. How? What did you, you know, what was your, your favorite part of Puerto Rico when you went? Because uh, did you go for a wedding? No, oh, so uh, I was in Alaska for a wedding. Okay. I went to Puerto Rico for, for a getaway that I was actually teaching okay. at. Oh, okay. So you got to do a seminar? Yeah, I, I taught a class when I was oh, there. Okay. But it worked for me. <laughs> It worked for me. I get to go to Puerto Rico and hang out. I get to teach a class. That's all I got to do. Perfect for me. Did Did you have a lot? Did you have a so, good time? You stayed there for a oh, while. Oh man, I yeah. I had I was there for about four or five days, so I wasn't there very long. Okay. Um, but I had an amazing time. When went to the waterfalls there. Was able to go surfing when I when we were there. Went out on the boat and like jump off in the ocean. I had a ton of fun. Um, I might be going back in August. Fingers crossed. <laughs> there you go. Um, you got but the I, taste. Had, I had a really good time after, out there. Oh, uh, anything that's like like beach and just that whole vibe. Like I love that. Um, but I had a really good time out in, in Puerto Rico and I'm really glad I was able to go and I'm hoping I'll get to go back. 
So, but it was great. There was, was a so little in the back of my mind. I'm like, if I see this girl training with uh, Gordon Ryan, I'm gonna be so freaking <laughs> jealous. Yeah, you now you're Puerto Rico. You hit jujitsu in Puerto Rico in the same sentence, and now it's Gordon Ryan and the down at her death yeah. squad. You know, right? I'm like, she gonna be showing up in some training videos. You know, I know they would like. Nah. Uh, uh, no, not a fit. <laughs> not, not, no, 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 oh. not, not, not this time. I will probably next okay. time. I think when I go in August, I'll probably train there. Oh, cool. Um, but right, this time I, I wasn't able to. Have you ever trained with, with them before? No, I no. haven't. I've seen them at competitions. Um, they're always yeah. really nice. I always talk to them at like the, the who's number one events and stuff like that. Um, so it'd be great to go out there and train with them. But where we were staying, it was a couple hours away okay. and it was cause it was the getaway. They mm. had everything kind of set up. So it was more like I'm there and I got to just kind of go along with everything, which I'm not going to lie is a little nice, especially when you have to like plan everything. But no, people were definitely asking me, like, oh, are you going to go train with Gordon Ryan? And then I was like, not this time. Like maybe next time I'll go a couple of days early and then, and then I'll go train out there with them. So. All right. We've got one more question from a listener. They said, ask Elizabeth who wins in a sub only fight, Elizabeth Clay or Ronda Rousey. In submission only? In a submission, a sub-only fight. She, she, she does MMA and judo. Like, that's not that's not a fair comparison. So these guys that sent me this gave me the background. <clears throat> there was a C-I-E-S MMA. Uh-huh. They, he, he said that you would laugh at that. I guess you didn't. He said, we asked her that at, at a seminar. He goes, we were just messing no, with her. No, no, they didn't. <laughs> they did ask me that. I don't know. He goes, we were totally joking with her. He goes, but ask her. He's like, she's gonna, she'll know it was us. So yeah, that was just a bullshit question. No, you She's like, who is is this? What is this a WWE podcast? <laughs> no, but I'm, they asked me this. We were literally out at dinner, and they're asking. I'm like, who asked that? Did you see her Facebook? She's like, what the hell is this guy asking me? What <laughs> she doesn't. <laughs> What? He gave yeah. me the whole history of it too uh, in, in a message. He's like, listen, oh, really? yeah, yeah, he did. He uh, totally set it up. Otherwise, he's probably like, you're gonna ignore it. He's like, there's no reason. <laughs> I, I probably would have. I was just like, I'm like, really? And then he gave me the explanation, and I'm like, okay, let me see if I can get it alive. You're like, okay, okay, I'll, I'll mess with her. All right, so let's uh, let's hit our speed round here. Got about. Man, I, I, it used to be four questions. I have 11 now. Okay. <laughs> so some of these are fast. You can elaborate if you want. No, it's I call it a speed round, but whatever. Uh, okay. So preference, gi or no gi? Both. It depends on the time. Like sometimes I love gi and sometimes I only want no gi. Every, you know, I get that. That's the, a very common answer. <laughs> I don't think anybody ever goes, yeah, no gi. I, I, hate, I hate the gi. So you're, you're welterweight champ. It's gi. Is it gi? Yeah. In, in the gi. In the gi. Okay. All right. What's your go-to sub? Um, in the gi, probably omoplata. That's what I would say. And then in no gi, probably guillotine. Okay. So, takedown or pull guard? I think we know this because of guard. the knee. Pull guard. <laughs> yeah, well, you got to pull guard. Favorite competitor to watch? I don't watch jiu-jitsu. <laughs> we got we, we, we to do that too. <laughs> No, no, like, oh, God, I got to watch that match. No, no one. Oh, wow. No, there's no one. Teammates. They're teammates. Yeah. That's well, about it. Okay, that counts. All right. Toughest match ever. Every match is hard in its own way, like, whether mentally or physically or where I was at. Like, I don't think I could pull one match that was, like, my toughest ever. Okay. All right. Other than achieving the rank of black belt, what is your ultimate goal in the world of jiu-jitsu? That's a thinker. ADCC. ADCC champ. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> what would you be doing if you hadn't have found jujitsu? Where would you be in your life? What what job would you be doing? Where would you be? Probably somewhere on a ranch in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you what'd you say? Your family was or was it your father was in the oil business, is what you said earlier, right? Uh so he uh, he worked for Conoco Phillips, but okay. he was a tech guy for Okay. Him. All right. Like I could see you out there, like on an oil rig. When you say, "I," you know, ranch. I'm, su- I'm such a New Yorker. Ranch. I'm like ranch, oil rigs, right? And horses. So, you know, that's no. The, you know, the moon, I'm moon, an idiot. Cows. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There. You go. <laughs> What's the craziest thing that's ever happened to you in a competition, or even just on the mat in the gym? Having someone tap, the ref stopped the match completely, stand us back up. The girl said she didn't tap, and they restarted us. Really? Vegas Open 2018, I was pissed. I ripped the girl's shoulder afterwards because I was so mad. I was just going to say. it wasn't one of those. Oh, my phone. (laughs) It's okay. Wow. Okay, I'm back. No worries. No, literally when I had a wrist lock, she tapped. And like verbally tapped too. It wasn't one of those like you know when somebody tapped, but you're like maybe they were grabbing your pants. Yeah. They... Verbally tapped, loud. People off the side heard it. Ref stopped it, stood us back up, and she's I didn't tap, I didn't tap, I didn't tap, I didn't tap. You you verbal tapped the tap. He restarted us in guard, in closed guard, which is where we were when she tapped. I I think less than 15 seconds later, I was finishing her in normal plata, and I he might have had to pull my knee back because I was so mad. Really. Wow. Yeah, it's purple. I think that yeah, was purple. Do they call that? Uh, I, I don't want to get any flag for this. They call it the Brazilian tap, right? When like they just like kind yeah. of tap you, like tap you oh. once. No, I was just grabbing the gas. Yeah. Just grab what you got. I didn't tap. Yeah. I just grab, right? All right. What is? It's okay if you don't have one. Not everybody does. What's your biggest regret as it relates to jujitsu? I don't know that I have one because like I have things that like I shouldn't have competed because I was injured, but I learned from that. So I don't think I would say anything with saying all of them have been like learning experiences. Okay. All right. Good enough. And okay. This is our last one. I always say this is the most important question that you're ever going to answer on this podcast. <laughs> no, on this podcast or in your, in your jujitsu journeys, this, this, this is, this is it. question. This is, like this no is, other. Yeah. you're going to be changing. Yeah. All of this is the oldest, most important. You're changing. Ever. You're going to change. People are going to hear this answer. They're going to change lives today. <laughs> do you, or do you not wash your gi belt? I do. Boom. Boom. You dirty bastards out there. <laughs> Team, Team wash, wash your belt. belt. There you go. There you go. Yep. So we, we've always had a, a big argument on the show. All of my, I, all but one, our newest, I think Miguel is the only one that, that does admit he washed his belt. I started this podcast with four other people. Nobody, mm-hmm. nobody washed their belt and looked at me like I was crazy for telling them I pretty much washed it like every other, every other training session. And I don't and now, wash it you know, all the time. I would yeah. say definitely like it doesn't get washed as much, but it's definitely one of those that I'll like. You know, so you look at it and you're like, eh, it's getting washed. Yeah, no. I so mean, I'm not like, it's not an everyday, an everyday thing. Because I think some people do that. It 
it's a little piece of fabric. It's not getting that sweaty. And half the time, let's be real, it sits off on the side because it comes right, off. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't wash it like all the time, but definitely sometimes I'm like, eh, I need to be washed. So I go wash it. One of one of uh, uh, Raul, one of our again, one of our first co-hosts said he's like, why do you need to wash it? It comes off after the first like 20 seconds of rolling, so it doesn't even a, get any sweat. I was, on it's, it. it's not all the time, <laughs> honestly. I don't know how often I wash. I know I wash it. But I don't know how much. It comes off all the time, man. And yeah. half the time, like, I'm taking it off, but I do, I do wash it. There are definitely some people that I'm like, you've never washed that. That white belt's turning gray. You know, I, I get, I get, I get that some people. The most common uh, reply is, I want it to be worn, like get worn out mm-hmm. because of the training and show that training. Yeah. Versus, I don't want it to be worn out because of the, the washing, washing machine. machine. All right, I, I. I get that, but I kind of say, but that isn't that a little ego driven? Like, oh, I got to show that it was. It's a piece of fabric. It doesn't hold any. You know, it doesn't hold. You your, also, your if skill. you if you don't wash it every day, it's not going to fade it that much. If you only yeah. if you only wash it like occasionally, especially because it's not getting as much sweat, it's not going to fade it that much. So if you're washing it every day, I've definitely known that guy that would like wash it extra on purpose, and I'm like. Okay. Oh, no. It doesn't get that much sweat in it. You are being extra right now, trying to be really worn with that. You just got promoted last yeah, week. It already looks like it's Bro. gray. <laughs> Honestly, one of the guys got promoted like a month later, and I was like, "Dude, that you don't even train that much, homie. What are you doing with that belt?" <laughs> my coach, he was like, "I don't wash it. I never wash my belt. It looks like this." His wife comes and tells me, like, she's like, I threw it in the wash last week. That thing smelled so bad. I had to throw it in the wash. I'm like, ah, got, you know, gotcha. All right, Elizabeth, thank you so much for doing this. We're going to let you run. We'll we'll do, like, our little outro here. We're not going to keep you on. Um, any sponsors that you want to shout out? You know, this is your your time, you know. Um, Perry Athletics, you guys should go check them out. They've got really nice stuff. If you want 20% off, you can use my discount at Clay20. Zebra mats, as always, they've been with me since I was, she, I think I was 16. Yeah. Very um, yeah. We need some mats for the yeah, studio. Yeah. Just uh, right, but we're gonna we're gonna turn <laughs> yeah, the, we're you, gonna turn yeah, the living room into <laughs> into a jujitsu studio. If I can get Bo to bite on training, I'll. We're gonna need some mats here at the studio. Just kidding. Let's go. You gotta start training. <laughs> his, yeah, his face is over there going. Eh. All right, again, thank you very much. Stick around for just one second. Thank you very much for doing this. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, thank you for sticking around. That was great, Bo. Very cool. Very talented uh, competitor. I have a feeling she's super tough. Like she'd she'd throw you around. (laughs) She's she's good at what she does. I'm I'm very intrigued and kind of like taken back by like having an injury like that, which she explained to, to <laughs> She's just continue to, to here. I guess you bounce. I remember bouncing back at that age. <laughs> Dude, 20 and have a wrecked knee already. Yeah. That's crazy. It, it just, uh, I can't, but I mean, she's fierce though. I mean, she's, yeah. What she's talking about, I'm just like, I know what I just went through and my injury wasn't anything even close to that. Yeah. And it's just like I'm still it still bothers me. She's like me. her knee is done. <laughs> suck it up. Her knee is finished. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh check out our Jiu-Jitsu Foundation GoFundMe link in the description here. Uh, we are about to we're very, very close to awarding our first veteran. It might be a veteran or first responder 
one-year scholarship, all right? So it's coming soon. Anything you can do to help is only going to help us get that out quicker. Uh, you can donate. Just go to at Jiu-Jitsu Dummies on Instagram. Hit the link in our bio. Uh, you'll see the GoFundMe and some other ways that you can support the show. If you donate $50 or 100 or whatever, if you donate at least 50 bucks, you'll get a free embroidered belt from Flow and Roll or a mug from the podcast store. That's really for every $50 you donate. So uh, donate what you can. Uh, we very much appreciate it. It'll help us get out that scholarship a little faster. All right. Shout out to our podcast patrons, including gym sponsor Carlson Gracie in Winter Haven, Florida, cgwinterhaven.com, and at Carlson Gracie underscore Winter Haven on Instagram. Check them out. Shout out to Carlson Gracie in Broward County in North Lauderdale, Florida. Carlson Gracie Broward County dot com at Carlson Gracie Broward County on Instagram. Uh, John Way Martial Arts, who was a guest on the show. Yeah, we had a, a good time with him. Uh, John Way Martial Arts dot com and at John Way Martial Arts on Instagram. All right, appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Podcast patrons include Robert Walker, Frank House, Wolsey Rivera, Boa Athletics. You can check them out on IG at BOA underscore athletics. Michael Pixley Jr. Jason Smiley, Britt Tavar, James Fisher, CJ Carroll, Mission 22, Chuck Reddor, and Roberto Santiago. If you'd like to support the show, you can visit us at patreon.com forward slash jujitsu dummies. Join and you're automatically entered to win up to $100 in jujitsu gear every single month. We do one drawing, $100 or more. Uh, tap out, uh, Tap Cancer Out. We did a gi, uh, giveaway mm-hmm. for February. Yep. Uh, we have a flow and roll going out for March and April. Still not sure what we're going to give away, but we'll be giving away again at least $100 either from our podcast store, Fightback CBD, a gi, some gear. We also add in anyone who submitted questions that we used on the show. So every, all the questions that we answered today, all of those, uh, those were all from Instagram. All of those Instagram profiles will be added to the drawing as well. So... Um, two ways to enter, all right? Check out the podcast store at jujitsudummies.shop. 15% off with code JJD. We've got tees, rash guards, backpacks, coffee mugs. Free shipping on orders over 50 bucks. Okay, guys? We want to thank the Weave Defy Foundation for all the support and really all they do for veterans in the jujitsu community. For those of you who have been following the show, you know that they provide therapeutic relief to disabled combat veterans through jujitsu. You can check them out at We Defy Foundation on Instagram, and you can donate anytime at WeDefyFoundation.org. They've got a really cool Memorial Day uh, thing going. Um, let's go to their Instagram, check it out. I'm probably not going to do it justice, but you can get a, you can enter, donate some money, get a free tea. There's a workout program. There's lots of cool things that they're doing for the for Memorial Day. Uh, big shout out to Justin at Fightback CBD. Thank you so much for all your support. Mm-hmm. You get 20%. 20% off your CBD order at fightbackcbd.com with code JJD. Uh, and as always, you can support us uh, or really support the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies Foundation on Amazon Smile. Check out our Instagram. We're always posting about it. Just go to your Amazon profile, click on the settings. You can It'll take you to a place where you can just update or donate to the foundation of your choice or the nonprofit of your choice. You just have to toggle that switch that changes it over to Amazon Smile. Nothing changes about your Amazon experience. They just donate like 0.05% of your purchase price to the foundation every time you order. Okay? 
So, got anything, Bo? Good? I'm beautiful. You're beautiful? Except not well, in person. Yeah. I was on the say. phone, I'm beautiful. Right. You can check me out <laughs> at Uncle Milty BJJ on IG. Thank you for watching and listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Peace. Woo!